Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Do you need a good laugh? A pick-me-up in the middle of the week? Are you looking for some uncommon sense? The right words at the right time? Are you at the end of your rope? Help has arrived! Grab that rope and listen to Tie a Knot and Hang On. Help has arrived with Camille Sanzone. Wednesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on W4WN, the all-women radio station. To be humble, to be kind It is a giving of peace in your mind To a stranger, to a friend To give in such a way that has no end We are love, we are one We are how we treat each other you and they look like me i love that song nothing more what are we at the end of the day but how we treat each other i love it i love it i love it thank god it's wednesday i'm camille sanzone with another episode of tie a knot and hang on help has arrived well at least i hope so (laughs) if you are a regular listener welcome back and thank you very much grazie tante a shout out to my collective lunch bunch scattered throughout the united states and to all of you listening in countries all over the world at different times. If you have somehow stumbled upon my show for the very first time, it's about time. Please stick around. I think you'll be glad you did. And for those to whom my show is new, I broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You can listen to my live broadcast online at W4WN or get a free app, listen to me, on the go from any device. Well, not from your toaster or popcorn maker, but you know. You can also get an app for iHeartRadio where all my past shows can be found in their archives. Catch up on shows you've missed, listen again to a favorite, share with friends. Just go down the list. I have the titles and descriptions of each of my shows. So pick one that grabs your attention any day of the week, any time you like. Think of me as your radio beck and call girl. I see one of my listeners says, hello, in the chat room. Please do let me know that you're out there and where where you are. My mission today, as always, is to entertain you, but also to enlighten you. I'm here to encourage you to discover ever better ways of being in the world, because you deserve to be happy. Yes, you. Now, today's show is going from grim to grin. It's National Humor Month. It's also National Poetry Month and a bunch of other things. But putting together the humor and the poetry is where my focus is today. Because life 
can be a challenge. Of that, there is no doubt. But if we take a moment to stop and see the humor in it, somehow it all works out. Yes, I'm a poet, and I know it. <laughs> a short poem I wrote years ago, many, many, many years ago, while, well, not to be indiscreet, while on the throne, and I'm not talking Prince William and Her Royal Highness Catherine type throne, but then you knew that, didn't you? <laughs> well, here goes. I realize to my dismay, as I sit on the bowl and linger, there is no toilet paper. Oh, I say, what shall I use? My finger? Anyway, I think I was Jewish in another lifetime. I sometimes get that slight Jewish. I think it's from listening to all the Jewish comics. <laughs> Listen, fair warning, this is purposely, purposefully going to be a silly show, a fun show, because let's face it, we all need a reset. We all need a break from the outside world. However, if you are in the doldrums and you wish to remain there, find something else to do this hour. <laughs> because although I often talk about serious things in the state of the world, you know, in an effort for all of us to, to learn, to grow, to find those ever better ways I'm always talking about, better ways of being in the world. I also want you to know that when you spend time with me every Wednesday, you are invited to leave your troubles outside, as Joel Gray sings in Welcome, in Welcome, the opening song in the musical and movie of the same title, Cabaret. In here, life is beautiful. Now, that doesn't mean we have our heads in the sand or up our butts. We're just choosing to focus on the lighter side for little spans of time. That's how we remain sane in this often insane world. That's how we remind ourselves about what is really important. Life, friends, family, joy, food. Oh, you know, food. I'm Italian. Music and laughter. So if you are grim today... Why don't you to flip that to a big grin? What's that old saying? Turn your frown upside down and smile a while. Well, I hope not only to make you smile. I want to make you laugh out loud. So please stick around and do not curb your enthusiasm. in case you didn't recognize it, to the cable show created by and starring Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm. It, it always just makes me laugh, smile, just thinking of it, because I know what's coming is going to be funny. Such a clever, crazy mind, that Larry David. If you haven't seen that, look for it. I think it's HBO. He came back after some seasons away. He decided to do it again. And it's, it's just outrageous. It's irreverent. It's just really, really funny. Now, last week I mentioned... That if I could wave a wand and rid myself of one personality flaw, it would be to banish procrastination. Now, some of you said you needed time to think about it. Well, if you've taken that time and you've come up with something, put it in the chat room. Share with us. What's the one flaw you would want to have whisked away with the waving of a wand? Now, as for me, since I told you one of my flaws... The better side of me demanded equal time. So one of my saving graces, if you will, is what we're talking about today. It's my sense of humor. I guess it's my sixth sense. I see people laughing. 
Did you hear that? <laughs> Whispering. I see people laughing. I hear people laughing. I seldom put off an opportunity to laugh or to make others laugh. I think I, think I get more of a high end of making people laugh. But it's a high in any case. And it's those endorphins I've told you about. When you laugh, the chemicals actually shift in your body. Norman Cousins, of course, wrote that book, Anatomy of an Illness, where he took a, a, a part of every day, a half hour, an hour, whatever it was, two hours. And he watched old movies. He watched old skits of Abbott and Costello. He just laughed. Anything that made him laugh out loud. And he contributes that to his, his cancer healing. And, of course, the doctors and scientists will tell you that it's, fa- it's a fact that when we laugh out loud, just laugh, it's like internal jogging. It's healthy for us. It's healthy for us. Now, I've done stand-up comedy. I haven't done it in quite a while. But I, that's the biggest high, I guess, when I do it on stage. You know, all eyes on me. You know, <laughs> what will they see? Will they find me funny? Now, it's a powerful feeling hearing the laughter of a crowd of people. Knowing you provoked it. Now, although I honor what comics do, comedians, now there, there's supposed to be a difference really between a comic and a comedian. A comic, I've been told, is someone who tells jokes professionally. A comedian is someone who, rather than simply telling jokes, tells funny stories. So I consider myself a comedian or a comedian. Uh, because I tell stories, funny stories. Now, I didn't, wasn't sure I was going to include this today because I've said it before on the air. But uh, in, pre- in prepping and doing our voice checks before the show, my engineer rebel said, oh, tell it again, tell it again. It makes me laugh every time you tell it. So I'm going to tell you a true story, which is hysterical and makes me smile, makes me laugh, and, re- and makes me think of a time that was happy for me. My mom, although she was a Sicilian, uh, did not enjoy cooking. She was a good cook, but she didn't really enjoy it. So, and she didn't like unexpected company. You ha- even her children, when we grew up and got our own homes, places, she wanted us to call to say we were coming or to ask if it was a good time to come visit. And we usually did. But this particular Sunday, I decided to just show up. I called my sister, Rosemary, and I told her, I'm going to go by this afternoon. You're free? Can you, you want to go? She's, oh, yeah, okay, I'll come by about two, whatever. And unbeknownst to us, my uh, cousin came with a girlfriend and someone else. And we were like f- four or five women there, went to visit my mother. And I can see the eyes getting wider and wider as the day was <laughs> moving along, getting closer to dinner time. So I just said, Mom, listen, I know you weren't expecting us, so... Let me look in your refrigerator, see what you have, and we'll we'll cook for you, okay? Well, she relaxed. Ah, you can see the wrinkles. She didn't really have wrinkles in her face, but <laughs> her face just sort of relaxed. So I went to the refrigerator. She had a uh, packaged whole chicken cut up and vegetables and everything. So, ah, the fixes for chicken soup. So I assigned everybody a chore. This one would cut all the chicken a little bit more and this one got all the seasonings together and that one was going to cut up the vegetables so on and so forth so i was the one who was going to put it all together and then do the final seasoning so when it got to the part where i put lemon juice in my chicken soup so i asked my mom for cheesecloth to put over the top of the pot and she said i don't have a cheesecloth but she came back with a, a, one of those real big white men's handkerchiefs folded so I opened it up. Sure enough, it was big enough, and I squeezed the lemon juice, and of course, it held all the pits on top, so it worked perfectly. Finally, the soup was ready. We sat down. We started to eat, and I said, gee, isn't this, isn't this nice? Everybody helped, even you, Dad. He said, me? I said, yeah, we used one of your handkerchiefs to strain the lemon juice into the soup. And without missing a beat, my mother says, that wasn't your father's handkerchief. That was the handkerchief I put in the crotch of my girdle to keep it clean. Well, <laughs> we just, we just, tears are running down our face. We just started laughing and she's going, what's so funny? What's so funny? She, she would never get it when we found something she said funny. What, what, tell me, explain to me, Camille, what's so funny? I said, mom, you use the handkerchief you put in the crotch of your girdle? And she says, well, you thought it was your father's handkerchief. What did he, what would he do with it? He would blow his nose in it. It was a clean handkerchief. What difference does it make where it was before? <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, but that was that was pretty funny. Let me know in the chat room if you think that's funny. Because it's true. That's how my mom was. She would say things like uh, astrology. She was on the bicuspid of Libra or Scorpio. She was a Libra. She was on the cusp, not the bicuspid. And I try to explain it. But anyway, now I, I started to say I'm I'm not exactly a tough crowd because I respect other comedians, but it really takes something very funny for me to laugh out loud. You know, you know, my mom had a, a silent laugh. She she liked my laugh, and a friend of mine had a really nice laugh, and she said, oh, I wish I could laugh like that. I wish I could laugh out loud. And you know how mothers sometimes tell their children to use their inside voice, you know? Well, while not everything makes me laugh out loud, there's a commercial jingle right now. It, it cracks me up. It cracks me up. <laughs> Somebody in the chat, they spit their drink out on that one, just like, just like my dad. It was coming out of his nose as soup. <laughs> it was so funny. Anyway, this is just 15 seconds long, this little jingle. But then it stays in my head the rest of the afternoon. It's for Pepto-Bismol. Play it for us, Rebel. When you got nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Here's Pepto-Bismol. Ah. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. All together now out there. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Isn't that lovely? And the worst part. <laughs> is that those are the side effects of just about every medication advertised on television. Do you know that? My favorite was one years ago. It started with an X, the name of the medication, and it was it's to lose weight. I honestly don't remember the name of it. I haven't heard it lately, so I, either it's off the market or they're just not advertising it. But it, they would, it had testimonies. This one, oh, I lost 70 pounds on taking this medicine. Another one, I lost 50 or I lost 100 pounds. And after they go through all the testimonials and tell you how this is supposed to help you lose weight, at the very end, in a low, monotonous tone, male announcer says, side effects may include gas with an oily discharge, more frequent bowel movements with an urgency to have them, and an inability to control them. Well, hell, no wonder you lose weight. You just stop eating. You don't eat much anymore because you don't like eating alone. And nobody wants to have dinner with someone who's going to pass gas at the table and run like hell for the nearest bathroom unless they have an accident. Oh, God. Well, as I said that, I could almost hear you laughing. I miss the sounds of laughter. Don't you, Rebel? <laughs> well... I heard that one. Thanks. I needed that. That's one of the things about talk radio or radio because you don't talk back to me. I, you don't want your children to talk back to you, but we do have a number you can call in. People always say, oh, they can't call. It's inconvenient. So they just put stuff in the chat room when we, and that's how we kind of communicate. But today it's going to be funny jokes, stories, a little bit of poetry, mostly laughter. I found this one. I had seen it before and I found it again. It's called A Wife's Lament. He didn't like the casserole and he didn't like my cake. He said my biscuits were too hard, not like his mother used to make. I didn't make the coffee right. He didn't like my stew. I didn't fold his pants the way his mother used to do. I pondered for an answer. I was looking for a clue. Then I turned around and smacked the shit out of him like his mother used to do. <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> now, I find that funny. Not as funny as the chicken soup story. But I find that funny because it's so true. My dad used to do that to my mom. His, his mom was, I don't know if she qualified as a dwarf or a midget. Legally, if you can say legally, but she was three feet, maybe six, seven inches. And most of my aunts and my dad had six sisters were under five feet tall. In fact, all of them were. So I was five, two. I've gone down to five feet now, I think. But um, And my brother was five, four, and he always felt like a giant when we visited, you know. So like 4'10 was the average height of my aunts, but 
grandma was really little, but she had 14 children. Um, 10 of them lived to adulthood and she was a good cook and she would cook whatever they wanted. My mother would go nuts because if we didn't like what she made, she said, well, then you won't eat tonight. This is not a restaurant. Well, Grandma Carmela, oh, you don't like that? And she would make something different for this one or that one. And then she made a certain thing like tripe, which you probably don't like, which is the stomach of the cow, I think, the intestines. She made it thicker or better. And he didn't say it exactly in an insulting way, but he, you know, it was almost like, nice try, hon. But, you know, my mother's was, I like the way my mother made it. I don't know why people don't understand. You don't do that to a spouse. You don't do that to a spouse. Can you imagine a wife telling a husband? (laughs) Well, no, I better not go there. (laughs) They're not my mom, of course, anyway. My mom was, my dad was her first, and as far as we know, only boyfriend. So she couldn't compare his lovemaking to anybody else. That's for sure. Now, I was looking at... um, a list of, of silly things and one-liners and stuff. And as I said, not everything makes me laugh. But one of the things that makes me laugh is, where is it? I made a note because I can't remember everything, friends. I am 70, remember. <laughs> so my mother lives in a gated community, prison. Ba-dum-bum. bum <laughs> A man and a friend are playing golf one day at their local golf course. One of the guys is about to chip onto the green when he sees a long funeral procession on the road next to the course. He stops in mid-swing, takes off his golf cap, closes his eyes, and bows down in prayer. His friend is just so taken with that, and he says, wow. That is the most thoughtful and touching thing I have ever seen. You are truly a kind man. And the man then replies, yeah, well, we were married 35 years. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Probably could happen. He'd go play golf instead of go to her funeral. And this is just a little silly one. What do you call a monkey in a minefield? A baboom. It sounds Italian. Bada beam, bada boom. <laughs> so, if you're willing, before we take my little teeny little break, take this humor pledge. You don't have to memorize it, but you'll get the gist of it. <laughs> Someone in the chat room said, "Oh no, he didn't." Yeah, he went to trade golf. Yeah, he would be, he'd be dead right along with her. Anyway, this is the pledge, the humor pledge. Use humor to uplift and elevate. Not debased, not to denigrate. Take yourself lightly, but take your, your work seriously, but not solemnly. Assume others are out to help you, not get you. Express your humor physically and freely by showing your enthusiasm and your love for life. Laugh generously at others' attempts to share humor. Conscientiously look for humor in your life Every day, make others laugh in a way suited to your personality. So we all can't tell jokes well. We all can't tell the same kinds of jokes. And as I said, I don't tell jokes per se in my act. I am here for this purpose today. And try to add humor to your life every day. You have to find time. You have to find time to laugh. Now, you're going to hear the angel skit as performed by Kathy and Jimmy and Mo Gaffney. It's from their comedy stage show, the Kathy and Mo show. They play two angels talking about how humanity began. It's one of my all-time favorites. The whole show is great, and you can see it for free now on YouTube. Ray, uh, Rebel, play Kathy and Mo's angel skit for us. You know, I was thinking they'd look fabulous in a yellow. Oh, so they all wear yellow. No, no, no. Not for their outfits, their skin. Their skin? Yeah, yellow skin. I think it'd be fun to have lots of colors. Oh, that's a better idea. Yeah. You know, I really love that tan caramelish color. Yeah, and red. Red, red's good. Ooh, and I love those olive tones. Olive and black and a rich dark brown. White. White. White? Isn't that a little bland? 
I thought it'd be kind of nice, you know, white has that... Well, no, I would just be afraid that the white people would feel a little inferior. <laughs> I mean, you know. Red, tan, yellow, white. <laughs> sort of. Well, who knows how they react. That's true. Better make a note to keep an eye on them. All right. Watch the whites. Okay. <laughs> rolls and rules. Oh, you know, I anticipated some problems with rolls and rules. You did? Yeah, so if you don't mind, I went ahead. I had a talk with the... Uh, Big guy. No, no, no. No, the guy who decides how everyone is supposed to be. Oh, Cliff. Cliff, Cliff, Cliff. <laughs> And I says, look, Cliff, they don't necessarily have to do things the way they're supposed to be. I mean, let's give them a choice. Why rules? He wouldn't listen. You told him our plan? I did. I said they could do anything they want to do as, as long, long as, as they're, they're willing, willing to, to get, get up, up and, and do, do it. it. Exactly. What did he say? He said, shame on you. He got up and he went hunting. <laughs> I hate that guy. No, me too. Just let go of it. Procreation. Ah, Where are we on this? Much better. You're going to be pleased. Yeah? Yeah. Um, we've developed the uh, female and the male. Mm -hmm. We've given them the ability to procreate. Yeah. And you came up with that great sex idea, which I love, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do it. but <laughs> They'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> and, uh, but now we just have to decide, you know, which one's going to actually have the baby. Oh, right. So it could be either one. Yeah. Crapshoot, really. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How about the female? Okay. Okay, good. All right. All right. So uh, now we've got the female pregnant. Yeah. Okay. Oh, to... wait a minute. What? Well, she gets to have a baby. What does the guy get? Oh, squat. Zip. Bupkis. <laughs> He'll be hurt and jealous. All right, let's just balance it out. Well, why don't I make the power of birth have some drawbacks? Dull the shine a little. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's good, that's good. We can make it messy for one. Messy? Messy's good. Start. I like messy. Yeah. yeah. Messy. That's good. Maybe uncomfortable? Yeah. Would that be good? Oh, not just uncomfortable. No, 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 no. Painful. 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 I like pain. That's good. Pain. But how pain? I mean, is she going to give herself pain for a way to implement the oh, pain? Oh, here we go. Okay. We could have the baby. The baby. Grow inside the female's stomach for... Oh, about an earth year. And then have it come out a small portal in her body. Oh, God. Oh, you're bad. <laughs> but, but, but that's good. Yeah. I like it. You know? A small portal. Portal. That's where the pain comes in. You betcha. <laughs> Think of twins. <laughs> but, but, but let's not say a whole earth year. I mean, how about six months? Ten months. Eight. Nine. So good. <laughs> okay. So now, is this going to make the man feel equal? I mean, I don't want a lot of griping, lawsuits, letters. Tell you what we'll do. What? We'll give him as much ego as possible and then just hope for the best. Excellent. <laughs> I always find that funny. Almost as funny as my chicken soup story, my mom. <laughs> well, now you're going to hear something else by another very funny lady. I'm sure you all know Lily Tomlin. She's still doing wonderful things now. She has a cable show with Jane Fonda, Gracie, and uh, Frankie. Frankie and Gracie, Gracie and Frankie, one or the other. And it's really funny. And she did her character on Laugh-In, Ernestine, the telephone operator. Remember when we had those? Hmm. And everything's so automated. Anyway, on this particular Laugh-In show, Ernestine's skit was having her call Cher. Cher almost doesn't sound like herself because this was so long ago, but it was Cher. I saw it on YouTube, so obviously there's the video to accompany it. But you'll hear Ernestine call Cher, and this is my mid-show instead of playing music. And then you'll hear my new uh, sponsor, and then my book ad, and the, my little dear nephew playing the Godfather promo. And we'll be back in about five minutes or so. Oh, goodness. Goodness, 
gracious. This Cher Bono is really an active young woman running around day and night. She makes Henry Kissinger look like a shut-in. I'll just get her private number from this old pamphlet. The CIA looks and listens to the Hollywood stars. <laughs> oh, here it is. Here it is. I'll just give her a little ringy-dingy, find out what's really going on. Not that I care, but Phoenicia loves malicious gossip. <laughs> One ringy dingy. <laughs> Two ringy dingy. It's not like the good old days. This is the only kind of tapping we're allowed to do now. <laughs> Hot tonight, Ernestine. Five ringy dingies, pick up. Hello? Is this the party to whom I am speaking? Is this share and share alike? Bono? Uh, yes, this is she. May I help you, please? My name is Ernestine Tomlin, a duly appointed and grossly underpaid servant of Ma Bell. You mean you're an operator? Uh, judging from the media, I'd say you're the operator, sweetie. Uh, what do you want? The simple truth, Ms. The simple truth. For instance, where were you uh, a week ago on last Saturday? Uh, well, I don't think it's any of your business, but uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, I took Chastity to Disneyland, and uh -huh. uh, we met one of the seven dwarfs, Happy. Oh, yes, I, I have that story right here. Let's see. Uh, uh, Cher arranges rendezvous between Chastity and wealthy midgets. <laughs> Now, that's a bit of a distortion, don't you think? Look, Cher, I work for the phone company. It is not my job to think. <laughs> Ernestine, you really shouldn't believe all that junk you read in those magazines. I mean, if you add it up, those magazines have me going out with 20 guys at the same time. Well, no wonder you're so thin. <laughs> I'm telling you, all those stories are lies. I mean, they're just distortions and fabrications. Uh-huh. The, the distortions and the fabrications. Are, are those the two rock groups you're going out with? <laughs> Bill. Look, honey, I've told you they're all lies. Don't I mean, you there call me honey. Uh, Miss Tomlin, I've told you that they are all lies. I mean, there isn't one iota of truth in any of them. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Could I ask you one more question? Okay. When are you and Captain Kangaroo getting married? <laughs> Ridiculous. I am not even seeing Captain Kangaroo. A scoop, you broke up. Tell me, did Mr. Green Jeans come between you? Look, Ernestine, you are not listening to me. I mean, do you want to know how wild my life is right now? Oh, yes, I would love to. I think you're going to be disappointed. I mean, I'm go right now, I'm going to take Chastity, we're going to go to the park, we're going to ride on the teeter-totter, we're going to swing on the swings, and then uh -huh. after that, we're going to go out for a malt. Uh-huh. Oh, okay? Have you got uh -huh. that? Goodbye. Uh-huh. Hello, is this photo screen magazine? Listen, I have the very latest news about Cher Bono. Now listen very carefully. Quote, Cher has her ups and downs, but still goes out swinging and drinking in the afternoon. Hi, this is Camille Sanzone, and if you have a child in your life, I want you to go to Amazon.com and get a copy of Saki Winky the Monkey Saves the Animals, Volume 1 in the Saki Winky series. The story is told lyrically in rhyme by author Elizabeth Reynolds. The rich illustrations are those of Lisa DiPetto. The story, while wildly entertaining, also embraces the qualities of loyalty, courage, and perseverance, and will touch the heart of any child. Saki Winky the Monkey Saves the Animals by Elizabeth Reynolds. Get it, give it, and make a child smile. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to grab a copy of my book. At the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. Help has arrived. Ever felt you were at the end of your rope? In my book, you will surely find a new supply. It's filled with humor and down-to-earth life strategies. 
processes that will stir your inner workings and inspire you to choose a better way of being in the world. You deserve to be happy. Just go to Amazon.com and enter my name, Camille Sanzone, or the title of my book, Your Troubles Will Self-Destruct, in five chapters. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Listen to Camille Sansoni Wednesdays 1 p.m. Eastern to her show Tie a Knot and Hang On Help Us Arrive on W4WN All Women Radio And don't you forget about it And thank you for not forgetting about me today I'd appreciate it Now speaking of my mom again My mom was a real source of material for my stand-up when I, I did my first stand-up act in 1982, it was at the Playboy Club in North Miami. It soon closed after that, but I was not responsible. <laughs> I, w- I saw something in the paper about they were doing auditions for comedians, so I went to audition for that gig. It was going to be a contest, but they wanted to do a pre-audition like they do for all these contests on TV. So... My mom said, are you going to talk about me in your act? And I said, well, I talk about you or I cut out 75% of my act, mom. (laughs) So anyway, when I called up and set the appointment up for for the thing, I said, maybe I'll wait till I get to the club before I start my line. So when I got in, they said yes. And I said, "Uh, well, I'm here to try out uh, to be a bunny. And... I wasn't really heavy then, but I certainly wasn't what they considered a bunny material. But in any case, they said, oh, she's funny. She must be here for the comedy auditions. Anyway, I did try out, and I was selected, but I didn't win. And the family that showed up were real angry. Uncle Guido wasn't there, so nobody got got their knees broken. But anyway, (laughs) anyway. But here's a silly little... Dr. Seuss spinoff kind of somebody wrote a poem in the style of Dr. Seuss, and it sounds like my mom's philosophy, so you'll see why, and it's called The Cat in the Hat on Aging. I cannot see, I cannot pee, I cannot chew, I cannot screw, oh my God, what can I do? My memory shrinks, my hearing stinks, no sense of smell, I look like hell, my mood is bad, can you tell? My body's drooping, have trouble pooping. The golden years have come at last. The golden years can kiss my ass. Now, my mom didn't curse much, really. But she would say that about the golden years because she was, and she really was so healthy. She was very healthy most of her life until the very last two years, unfortunately. And she was, she had cancer the last two years. But someone asked in the uh, chat room if she ever got mad at the jokes I told. No, she didn't, because I based them all on, on what was true. And she and she really then <laughs> liked the way I told them. And you know, most comedians, we embellish a little, but the funniest jokes really come from your true life experiences. You just, as I said, you just color it a little. You know, I came out to my mother before I came out to the rest of the family when I was, um, let's see, 30... Four, something like that. I had been living at least six years with my partner at the time. And uh, once she knew, she thought I was the expert, you know, on, on everything that had to do with the gay life. And we'd be watching television and she'd say to me, is he gay? I, and I said, I don't know. She what do you mean you don't know? You're gay. Why don't, why don't you know? I said, well, we don't have a hotline, you know. <laughs> That's what I wish that we, we did. I don't know who's gay. You know, I mean, some people are seem obvious to, to us, a man particularly effeminate, but most gay men are not effeminate. And not every gay woman is butch. I'm certainly not. I used to, in fact, be called the lipstick lesbian when I did stand-up comedy. But uh, she would call me. And she called me one day. She was watching the Phil Donahue show. And she said, listen. Um, they're talking about that subject. I said, that subject? She says, you know, you know. I said, well, no, what are, what are you talking about? She said, well, Phil has a bunch of women on, and some of them said they're femmes, and some of them said they're butch, and she said, what, what, is it, what does that mean exactly? So I explained the difference. Femme 
if when the word feminine means that they uh, adhere to or appear like most people think a feminine woman does. They maybe wear lipstick, makeup, and skirts once in a while, <laughs> things like that. And a butch is a, a woman who's more comfortable, and she wears flat shoes, which probably would never wear heels, seldom wears any makeup, wears big watches, so <laughs> I don't want to be stereotypical. And she said, well, how... How? What, what? What then is a dyke? See, you have femme, you have butch. She says, then what's a dyke? And I said, well, gee. She had me there for a second. And I said, well, I guess a dyke is a, a butch so strong that she rolls her own tampons. And <laughs> that was a true story. So I put that in my act. Now, I did stand up in front of... Uh, general audiences and I did stand up at gay pride events and those of course I knew my audience was predominantly gay but when I did stand up for instance I opened for a friend of mine who uh, sang I was her opening act and I didn't come out as gay in my in my performance so I would just switch things a little bit and make it that way um, I really truly don't think I've ever performed my full act my true act in front of a general audience I'm trying to think if I have I don't think I, I know. Someone's asking, how did your family not know? Well, because I wasn't allowed to date all through high school. And I didn't even know then because I had nothing to go by. And then when I went to college, I started dating. But um, I dated guys. And my mother was shocked to know. She did, couldn't understand why I only had one date usually with each guy. You know, and I explained to her because they want to get intimate. I said, she, she thought intimacy just was a French kiss. Never mind sex, you know, so... I said, oh, oh my gosh, I'm glad I'm not a young girl. I'm not a girl. Oh, we was switching from humor to my lifestyle. Someone else wasn't a win that I know. I honestly didn't know till I had those feelings when I was 22 for a, a young woman who was in my, my college class. And it was new for both of us. And we didn't talk about it. Oh, we both sensed that apparently we were in love. We were falling in love with each other. But when it finally happened, we didn't even talk for a while. So that was the introduction to it was mutual, for, new for both of us when I was 22. Now, my sister is also gay. She's three years younger, and she knew when she was 16, and I was 19 when she was 16. And I still didn't have a clue about me. And she had come to me crying because my mom had said, what are you, gay? Because, oh, my mother said, what are you, queer? That's after my, my mother said, because she was always with her girlfriend at the time. And if they weren't with each other she was on the phone with her and she said what do you like boyfriend girlfriend and my sister didn't say anything to my mom but she's explaining to me and I said well are you upset because how dare she say such a thing <laughs> you know is it bothering you or are you upset because that's how you are and she she didn't know how to answer me and then I finally said well look how do you feel about her do you is she just your good friend or do you want to kiss her I mean kiss her romantically and then she said, I guess I'm gay. <laughs> so so I knew about my sister all that time. But still, as I said, I wasn't I wasn't dating until I went to college. And then mostly I was dating guys until I was 22. And I met this young woman. And then from there on, I pretty much dated uh, just women. But for a time after a serious breakup, I dated men again. But I told them, the men if I had more than one date with them. I, that I didn't exactly know where I belonged, and that was the truth. Now, as you've seen my picture, I suppose, on my website or on the radio station, that's taken about 15 years ago, but I, I pretty much look the same, except I'm a little wider, <laughs> hopefully wiser. So I've always been very, very feminine. Have I ever been with a man? Now we're getting a little too personal. Yes, I was engaged to be married when I was 24, and I called off the wedding uh, a month before because I didn't think it would be fair. But in any case, back to humor here. Now, I worked as activities director at a senior citizen day center in Fort Lauderdale. I instituted an activity called Laugh Out Loud. Now, I told some jokes, then I passed the basket around of jokes I had typed on little pieces of paper. Well, I had typed it on a big piece of paper and then cut them. <laughs> and I would have them pick a joke out and I'd say, read it to yourself first and then read it out loud to the rest of us and do your best to sell that joke and make us laugh. Well, they really got into it, and sometimes they would bring in jokes to add to the basket. It was really funny, and then I would start off always each week, uh, and the funny did it on Wednesdays <laughs> for home day, and I would tell a few jokes that I had found online. 
they always seem to like the what should we call them off-color jokes not fully dirty jokes but off-color jokes and since most of them and the most we ever had in that room the capacity was 30 we often mostly had about 20 25 seniors in, in any given day and i would say at least half of them had some kind of dementia so i could tell the same jokes actually almost every week but i didn't in any case one of their very very favorites was one that's about a Jamaican fireman. Now, the Jamaican fireman came home from work one day and he said to his wife, forgive my accent, by the way, woman, we have new system in the firehouse. One bell, we put on your uniform. Bell two, we get onto the truck. Bell three, we rush to the fire. I want a system at home when i say bell one you take off all the clothes when i say bell two you jump into the bed when i say bell three we make love all through the night so a few nights later he came home and he says bell one and his wife dutifully took off all her clothes bell two he said and she jumped onto the bed bell three and they started to make love a little bit later the wife yells out, Bell four. And the fireman says, Bell four, what is this woman? And his wife says, Bell four mean roll out more hose, man. You ain't nowhere near the fire. <laughs> yes. Well, my little senior citizens not only got it, they were hysterical. And very often they would say, Tell the Jamaican fireman joke. Tell the Jamaican fireman joke. Isn't it funny? People, as they get older, are so often dismissed in terms of their, the feelings that they have. You know, very often they don't get touched anymore, except when someone's taking care of them, not caring for them in an affectionate way. Uh, nurses, even people at home sometimes, it's just when they're helping them get dressed or bathing them. And they're touch-hungry. And when I first started working there, I explained to them that I was a very uh, affectionate person, but that I was also a very respectful person. And that I would ask them if it was okay to give them a hug or ask them if they needed a hug. And I said, and if you'll notice, I always have my arms with me. So if you need a hug, you can always ask me for one and I'd be happy to give it to you. And we would sit down at the table and play rummy cube and different things during different activities. And very often, one of them would touch my hand. Then I knew it was okay, so the next time I would touch her hand or I would touch his hand. And uh, yes, there were some little, like a couple of dirty old men, as they like to call them, but they were really harmless. And they would like free hugs from the big bosomy Italian over here. But they didn't really do anything. <laughs> anything that would make me join the Me Too movement. So it was just really just all funny. It was a funny. Oh, I'm glad that Jamaican fireman <laughs> joke, uh, you found it funny. This is so funny. Oh, my word. I can't stop the tears. Another one. I'm on the floor laughing. Yes. It's, oh, you're going to be healing yourselves today. You're going to change that grim to a big fat grin. You are, you are, you are. Now, as a final word today, I want to share what I received from TUT.com. Remember what excites you. Think of these things, those friends, the adventures that can be yours. Focus, care, fantasize, imagine. It's all so near. Speak as if you're ready. Paste new pictures in your scrapbook on your vision board. Prepare for those changes. You've done it before. You know how to do it. You know how it works. You're due for an encore. You've been listening to Camille Sansone. With tie a knot and hang on. I hope you've had some laughs with me today. I leave you with Philip Phillips singing home because I want you to make this place your home. Remember, kindness is contagious. Spread it around. Hold on to me as we go. As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home 